Welcome to another episode of An Appeal to Reason, Vocal Edition. Today I'd like to talk a little bit about Eugene V. Debs. I often have written about him in many of my articles. He is Bernie Sanders' hero, or at least was. I don't know if Bernie does much with Debs anymore. I've participated in the last three Debs in Our Voices events. The last one was just this last Saturday. They're put on by the Eugene V. Debs Museum. I just wanted to kind of go over a little bit of the history of who Eugene V. Debs was and why he still remains relevant to political movements today. So for starters, here's a short biography of him from the Eugene V. Debs Internet Archive. Debs was born in Terre Haute, Indiana on November 5th, 1855. He left home at 14 to work on the railroad and soon became interested in union activity. As president of the American Railway Union, he led a successful strike against the Great Northern Railroad in 1894. Two months later, he was jailed for his role in a strike against the Chicago Pullman Palace Car Company. While in jail, socialist and future congressman Victor Berger talked with Debs and introduced him to the ideas of Marx and socialism. Side note... This was when he was introduced to Volume 1 of Capital, which Victor Berger actually smuggled into prison to give to Debs. To continue with the biography, when he was released from prison, he announced that he was a socialist. He soon formed the Social Democratic Party, which eventually became the Socialist Party in 1901. He became their perennial presidential candidate. He ran on the socialist ticket in 1904, 1908, 1912, and 1920, when he received his highest popular vote, about 915,000, 3.4%, from within a prison cell. He had been arrested once again, this time for a sedition, because he opposed World War I. Many socialists were imprisoned during this time because they felt that the war was being fought for the profits of the rich, but with the blood of the poor. Debs was fortunately released in 1921. Debs died in Elmhurst, Illinois on October 20th, 1926, but he is remembered to this day by countless labor activists from all over the political spectrum. So that's just a little bit about Debs's life. I want to go over, you know, why is a 19th and early 20th century socialist and labor activist still relevant today? You know, many things have changed since those days, you know, with the technological advancements. In the time of Debs, airplanes were just being invented, cars were just starting to be popular. So we live in a very different world today, but we still live under a capitalist system. And Debs was a Marxist. He used the science of Marxism to expose the capitalist system and to let people know that there is a better future possible through scientific socialism. As often happens with revolutionaries, people have often tried to repaint Debs as something other than the radical Marxist that he was. In 1967, A. Philip Randolph, who had also been quite a radical in his day, had really kind of succumbed to the Red Scare and the Cold War fear, propaganda, McCarthyism. And in a speech on Debs, when he was accepting an award, actually Eugene V. Debs' award, he said, quote, 
with a passionate dedication to peace, social, and racial justice, and profound orientations to Christian democratic socialism as against materialist Marxism, Debs went up and down the country, calling the masses to awake, organize, and fight for freedom, peace, and plenty. End quote. A. Philip Randolph, in this case, was wrong to say that Debs was against materialist Marxism because his writings and speeches were all soundly based in Marxism through his entire life. To write him off as simply a Christian democratic socialist is an inaccurate view of whom Debs actually was. So in order to understand the radical Marxism of Debs, I want to cover a little bit of what exactly Marxism is. There are three main components of Marxism which have been identified by Lenin. The first of these is that Marx developed what is known today as conflict theory. In other words, that all of written human history is the history of class struggles. And Debs certainly agreed with this. As he said, quote, In capitalist society, you are the lower class. The capitalists are the upper class, because they are on your backs. If they were not on your backs, they could not be above you. He also said, quote, What is your status in society today? You are a human being, a wage worker. Here you stand just as you were created, and you have two hands that represent your labor power. But you do not work, and why not? For the simple reason that you have no tools with which to work. You cannot compete against the machinery of the capitalist with your bare hands. You cannot work unless you have access to it. And you can only secure access to it by selling your labor power. That is to say, your energy, your vitality, your life itself to the capitalist who owns the tools with which you work and without which you are idle and suffer all of the ills that idleness entails. From just these two quotes, I could you know, list dozens more of Debs was a clear believer in class conflict. He had a firm understanding of the class war. What he described was the essence of the class struggle, the ownership class, the capitalists, or the bourgeoisie, and the working class, the wage workers, or the proletariat. I have yet to see any Debs speech or article that does not focus on the class war. So a second component of Marxism is what is known as historical materialism. This can be described simply that human history is shaped by material forces, meaning that economic concerns are always in the forefront of human development. And Debs also was a historical materialist. In an article written in 1891 entitled The American Movement, he said, quote, In the meantime, Marx and his coadjutors were clearing the murky atmosphere of the old world. They were dissecting the prevailing mode of production and capitalist society in general, and in their researches discovered the fundamental law of social development in the materialistic conception of history the scientific basis of socialist thought and activity throughout the world. From this time forward, the working class had a scientific foundation 
the scattered and contentious factions were gradually united and harmonized, and socialism became a distinct and recognized factor in the industrial and political destiny of the race. End quote. The last and third component of Marxism, as described by Lenin, is the law of surplus value. As Lenin describes this key component of Marx's work, which is described in Capital and many other of Marx's pieces, quote, The worker spends one part of the day covering the cost of maintaining himself and his family, wages, while the other part of the day he works without remuneration, creating for the capitalist surplus value, the source of profit, the source of the wealth of the capitalist class, end quote. And once again, going back to Debs, he often referred to surplus value in his speeches. When he was campaigning for president in 1908, he said, quote, The time has come not for a change of parties, but for a change of systems. When socialism comes, we shall not live to work, but work to live. We shall create no surplus value. The badge of labor will be the only badge of aristocracy. Wage slavery will be abolished. The class struggle will be ended forever. Having solved the problems of the unemployed, the army of tramps will be mustered out. Prisons and insane asylums will be depopulated. Woman shall have every right that man enjoys. End quote. I just love reading Debs. He's just so clear in the way he was talking about Marxism and his belief in the emancipation of the working class through revolutionary socialism was deep and true and you can just tell it when you're reading his words. Unfortunately, he was not successful in his bid, any of his bids for president. He did create a very militant labor movement. He founded the International Workers of the World, an industrial union. But he was unable to overthrow the capitalist system, unfortunately. And today we still live under this system. So it is really the task of activists and laborers and the working class of the United States and the world today to continue to work towards Debs's dream of a socialist future. And, you know, speaking of his electoral politics... Debs created the Socialist Party and always ran as a socialist. He understood that a third party would not win, but he realized that we needed a working-class party outside of the corrupt corporate duopoly. And this also is a lesson for today. The workers need a party that represents them and not the corporate elite. This is not the Democratic or the Republican Party of today. Both are corrupt and beholden to their corporate donors. Really, when I read Debs, it's impressive to me how little has changed. Here are a couple more quotes from Debs. Quote, What earthly difference can it make to the millions of workers whether the Republican or Democratic political machine of capitalism is in commission? End quote. Another quote on the two-party system. Quote, that these two parties differ in name only and are one in fact is demonstrated beyond cavil whenever and wherever the Socialist Party constitutes a menace to their misrule. Milwaukee is a case in point, and there are many others. Confronted by the Socialists, these long-pretended foes are forced to drop their masks and fly into each other's arms. End quote. 
Um, we saw this today when Bernie Sanders running as a self-proclaimed democratic socialist in the democratic primaries was smeared relentlessly by the media and by both parties. You know, even though he wasn't even running against Trump at the time, Trump would often refer to Bernie Sanders and his socialism as a kind of a scare tactic to rally his base of Republicans. Hillary was very dismissive and was forced to actually rig the primary against him. It's really unfortunate that Bernie did not run outside of the two-party system. Bernie really could have left the Democratic Party behind and started a third party, a workers' party, after the clearly rigged 2016 primary. Unfortunately, like I said, he failed to do this, and the nomination was once again stolen from him in 2020, and the working class really has seen nothing from it, because Biden is continuing Trump's policies, he's working on privatizing Medicare, he just appointed a longtime anti-social security hawk into a position in the Social Security Administration, as reported by The Lever News and David Sirota. It's really unfortunate that we do not have a strong labor party in the United States. I want to read one more quote from Debs here. Quote, there was a time in my life before I became a socialist when I was still young and had the vanity of youth and the ambition and enthusiasm of a boy when I permitted myself as a member of the Democratic Party to be elected to a state legislature. I have been trying to live it down. I am as much ashamed of that as I am proud of having gone to jail. End quote. As you can see, Debs was proud to be against both corporate parties he was proud that they were so threatened by his socialism that he was sent into prison for his anti-war speech. Bernie has not followed in the footsteps of Eugene V. Debs. He voted for the $40 billion for Ukraine and has pretty well supported that war. He gave a little speech against it at the start, but has changed tune since then. This is not a way forward. It is important to oppose these wars. No war but the class war is the famous motto of the left. We really need to learn from Eugene V. Debs that both parties are the enemy of the working class. They work to enrich their donors, which includes the military-industrial complex. And we cannot simultaneously fight for the working class and socialism and be voting and participating inside of these capitalist parties. And, you know, I, I learned this in the Bernie 2020 campaign when I ran inside the Democratic Party to become a delegate to the Democratic National Convention. And I was very poorly treated by the Democratic Party. All the Bernie delegates were. We were really shunned. If we spoke out against Biden, we were met with all kinds of hate vitriol. It was a very difficult experience. And now I'm not going to have anything to do with the Democrats. I'm not voting in the primary, which is this coming Tuesday in Colorado, because I have no interest in anyone who runs with inside the corrupt two-party system. 
It's been shown that there is no path to victory for the working class within the duopoly. Even if third parties cannot win, as Deb said, yeah, here's another quote. If I were seeking office, you know, I would not be in the Socialist Party, end quote. Debs was not interested in the office. He was interested in material gains for the working class. He was a true Marxist. And there are many lessons we can learn from him today. I think the most important is the methods of Marxism and the methods that he used for organizing, which perhaps I'll get more into detail on those in another podcast. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate you listening. Keep on fighting against the corrupt duopoly and against the capitalist system. There is a better future. And we aren't going to get there through corporate parties like the Democrats and Republicans.